0: Welcome to the podcast called Coach Quist. This is Ronnie Kvist that will motivate you and inspire you when it comes to health, personal development and entrepreneurship. I really hope you will enjoy it. Warm welcome. Hi again. It's time for episode number two in my podcast, Coach Quist. And in this podcast, I'm going to talk about health in general and your own personal responsibility to your health. Um, This is an area where I have been giving a lot of speeches in um, for many years. And something I have a passion about is this thing about health in general. As you could hear in my uh, intro, I have been working in the health and sport and rehab world for 28 29 years and um, this is an area where i think it's uh, something has gone wrong because we know more than ever when it comes to to health Uh, if we take a look at the research that is available if we take a look at uh, all the facts we have on the table uh, it's more than ever so we have the knowledge and the wisdom to to live healthier and to live longer and to live with a higher uh, quality of life than ever. Still, we see in the Western world that we are basically killing ourselves with the lifestyle we we um, choose. So where are we heading? How come we know more than ever and feel worse than ever uh, subjectively? That's the facts. We if we look at uh, society in general in in the in the modern world. Uh, and I think you know we we are. Um, we're going to have to take a, um, a paradigm shift when it comes to the way we look at health in general, um, both when it comes to the mindset about health, because I see so many people that they talk about their body, just like they talk about their car or their you know, possessions. It's not like you own your body. You are your body. It's not a foreign subject. It's, it is you. And that is why it's so important that we actually do what we can to take care of this fantastic machine that is created in a way that we, we, it's out of our, con- our, out of our perception to understand how complex and, and at the same time how fragile it is if we want to live as healthy as possible so if we do that comparison you look at uh, the instruction book when you buy your car or you buy your phone or your computer or your tv or whatever we leave we read the instruction book we you know we we study the details we study uh, a bunch of the information around all that but then when it comes to to study health and to study how our body function that's something we just take for granted and then when it doesn't work we are you know we are surprised and uh, that's a little funny and and I think this is an area where we need to to, to change and where does this start well I think number 1 of course is your own personal responsibility but to teach to teach this area we need to 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 start from the beginning so if I look at the school and the preschools uh, how we take care of their kids and of course there's different systems in different countries Uh, I live in Sweden. And and for example, here we provide the food in the school. So you don't you don't bring your own uh, uh, package with you from home. It's actually provided by the school and compared to other countries. You know, we're not that bad, but I still I still think it's it's super bad if I compare to what is uh, what, what there should be. So number one is like, how do we feed our kids uh, when it comes to out of a school perspective? What kind of food do we get? Do we get food that is packed with nutrients and food that is good for our health? Or do we just feed the kids with energy, Um, you know, uh, processed food, food that is, I wouldn't even call it food in many ways. It's food like substances that, that ends up on the plate. Especially when I, when I see what, uh, how it looks like in many schools in the U.S. It's really terrible. And uh, so the food is essential. And, and we need to teach parents and we need to teach the kids what is healthy food. Uh, what should be on the plate? Uh, how can we provide nutrient-packed uh, meals uh, in the start of our life instead of feeding stuff that is actually going to make us sick sooner or later? The number two thing for the kids is the physical activities, of course. Um, I believe that there should be physical activity every day in preschool, every day in the schools. It's, it's not about teaching sports. It's about teaching fitness for life. Um, the love of movements, the love of motion, uh, the understanding why we need to, why we need to move every day. That our body is made for movement. It's not made to sit still. And physical inactivity is one of the main reasons why we see so many people f- uh, suffering from uh, all kinds of conditions that we can connect with, with physical inactivity. So we really need to teach physical activity in early age. And we see the increase of, of sitting still with, uh, with kids today. Uh, the amount of hours they spend in front of their computer or with their phone or in front of the TV in so many ways are making the kids um, super weak physically because of this physical inactivity. The third thing I think should be uh, in the school system um, in different ways is mental health. To teach mindfulness, or I would rather call it mind emptiness, um to teach meditation to teach our kids to have self-love uh, to teach the, our kids how to de-stress to teach our kids the the feeling of calmness the feeling of love the feeling of happiness and when you connect to the inner you you will be more easily connected to everyone else and the understanding of our uh, brain and, and the mental inside part of us connected to our physical us and how important it is to find that balance. And when we when we get balanced kids that are understanding that they can uh, personally affect how they, how they feel mentally, how they can affect how they physically um, uh, feel. and in this way, actually have more ch- choices in life to stay healthy with a healthy mind and a healthy body. And when you get that start, um, it's easier to make the right choices. And I believe, for example, you know, in, in, when I grew up in, in Sweden, when we finished um, upper high school, uh, high school in the US, when we were 18 or 19 in Sweden, uh, we had to do one year uh, mandatory uh, military service. Back in the '80s, and I'm I'm not too much a uh, fan of uh, of every, anything to have to do with military stuff, but I really, really believe in the boot camp part of it, uh, the routines you you learn, the discipline, the teamwork, survival, cooking, nature, all that stuff. How to be connected to nature, how to survive in nature, how to cook healthy. How to live with other people that you might not love, but you get you 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 learn how to get along with them, and when you teach that to young adults, that's something they will have with them for the rest of their life, and I think we would have more responsible grown-ups, and um, we would have a better understanding between races and between. Religious um, uh, philosophies and, and different cultures, and we would be more united in understanding, which would be um, making happier people basically. If I look at if I look at the, another part of, of the society, and it comes to the work life, what can we do on the on the on a out of a work perspective uh, when it comes to health? Well, I think if if I had a company, if I had a bunch of employees in Sweden, I know how much it costs to have people that call in sick and uh, people that are not healthy and they, they are not very productive. They mentally don't feel so good and physically might they, not, they not, might not feel so good and so on. And if it would be a benefit that they are actually aiming to be healthy, that that people that are healthier has a, a higher salary that when you go for your health and actually put in hours to work out, you put in the right cooking, you put in the, the, the healthy lifestyle, which improves the quality of life, but you also improve uh, your ca- capability of being productive and be a, um, a good employee at the office. And I think you know the healthier the staff is, the lower the cost will be, the more productive they will be, it will be a win-win-win. And I think we can find a lot of in the Western world and and hopefully soon also in the third world, um, the benefits of keeping people healthy because healthy people have it easier to be happy because happy people are also more productive. And, And recent research showed the connection between a company with happy employees what how productive they are and the result they are giving compared to people companies that has less happy uh, employees in the company so when you get that freedom and you get the happiness and the health it's a solution that i think would be beneficial in so many areas and and that's that's the way to go in the future is to aim towards happiness and health and um, that will creates so much more than the eagerness of making the only factor uh, is, is making more money. The factor of, of being happy and have a decent salary, of course, um, I think, you know, that's something we're going to see a lot more of in the future. And then we we'll come to the health care, or should I call it sick care? Because uh, we see a health care system basically worldwide, that is run by the the medical industry uh i don't see that the healthcare is is a system that is working effective effectively anymore because since most of the people get sick because of their lifestyle we see heart disease we see cancer we see type 2 diabetes and so on and so on are actually created by our lifestyle and because of that they come into the to the healthcare system with a disease that is created by themselves and then they get a prescription of a drug to lower the symptom but they basically don't get help with curing the problem and i believe that we should aim so much more of the health part how do we prevent people from getting sick how do we prevent people to get into the healthcare system so that the people that actually go into the healthcare system has come there because of of you know they're not they have uh, come there not by the lifestyle they have chosen by you know accidents and and uh, um, the ways that you cannot uh, take a responsibility yourself but the way it is right now we see that the cost of healthcare is going through the roof in all the western countries um, we see that the system is not created for this kind of problems, which means that if society would aim more towards the health uh, instead of the sick part, we would, we would save money, we would, we would increase life quality, and we would have a win-win system for so many people in so many ways. Um, and I'm not, you know, I'm not blaming the doctors and the specialists we have inside the healthcare system. There's so many uh, people in, in the system that is unbelievably skilled and, and are making a tremendous difference in so many ways. But in the general way, that where the reason why most people come into the healthcare system and how they get treated in the healthcare system when they have their high blood pressure when they have their type 2 diabetes when they're getting all these kind of symptoms that is just an um, a warning sign of hey dude you have a lifestyle that you are allergic to you need to fix your lifestyle don't take a pill to lower the system uh, to uh, lower the symptom you need to to change your lifestyle so that you can stay healthy and we know that we have most of the answers in nature. We know that uh, natural medicine is strong. We know that um, where vitamin therapy is something that is super effective, but it doesn't go hand in hand with the modern healthcare, and especially doesn't go hand in hand with the drug industry um, that is totally running uh, our healthcare system in most countries today. So there need to be a shift, and we need to go back to basics and see how how did we do before the modern medicine how did we do before we started to treat symptoms and when we were actually focusing on treating uh, the cause of the disease and uh, there is the knowledge is there but it's it's really pushed aside by the forces that um, are not in there for the best best interest of the population i tell you that and then we come to our elderly we come to the people that are has worked all their life, and they have retired, and they want to have a high quality of life. And they uh, sooner or later, most of them end up in a, in a nursing home. How do we take care of people there? How do we make them keep them happy? How do we keep them healthy? How can we do to make sure they don't they don't lose their muscle mass and become weak and need help twenty four seven? How can we do to help them have a clear mind? Uh, thanks to you know, physical activity and, 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 and um, food rich in nutrients. Um, how can we make, make them feel happy in life as long as possible and not just have a place where, where we just keep them until they die? We need, to, we need to take a look at that. And I think that in the close, within the next five, 10 years, I think there's gonna be a tremendous increase when it comes to nursing home and how, to, how we take care of older uh, elderly. Uh, in a totally different way because mo- more and more of us, well, you know, f- I'm 50 plus and I'm thinking about where am I going to be in 30 years? Uh, who's going to take, where am I going to be and, and how can I have the highest quality of life even though I'm 80 or 90 or 100 even? And all of that is 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 something that I'm uh, uh, totally passionate about and and thinking a lot about and talking a lot about and and speaking a lot about and when we look at the medical industry and we look at the the food industry um, those two factors are for me the scariest factor factors because they run the food industry and and the fda if you say in in um, in the u.s or livsmedelsverket in sweden or Fødevarestyrelsen in denmark uh, and It's scary to see what kind of guidelines we need to follow because you can tell that it's the food industry that is dictating what uh, our governments are putting out, uh, the limits and the laws and and, and, uh, the information we get. In Sweden, we had something called nyckelhål, uh, which was, you know, everything in the 80s, end of the 80s and beginning of the 90s should have had a green key uh, on on food food items you bought in the grocery store. If it had a green key, it meant it was healthy. So everybody started to shop for the green key. But what was the green key? The green key was a a proof that it was low in fat and um, basically that. And everybody thought that was good. But what happened? Well, people started to be scared of fat, and we were eating more carbohydrates, especially the refined ones with sugar and refined wheat and so on. And the the, the levels of, of type 2 diabetes just skyrocketed. We had a a, a government-supported um, a campaign that we should drink more milk. And within a few years, we were, Sweden was the most the highest uh, drink milk drinking com- uh, country in the world but at the same time we also had the highest levels of osteoporosis uh, which was the reason why we should drink more milk was to get you know healthier and stronger skeleton but it has the reverse effect because we are not made to drink milk, you can drink a glass of milk, no problem. But if you drink it on a daily basis in those doses dosages that was recommended back then, you know, you got a weak skeleton and a bunch of other problems as well. And then we had the, the thing with uh, where we, we were supposed to eat more bread. Uh, and, you know, we were supposed to buy the Swedish FDA. Uh, we were supposed to eat six to eight slices of bread a day. And uh, that was because we had an overproduction of wheat. But the, the Swedish version of the FDA said, you know, this is good for your health. And it was actually the opposite. So this is just, these are just examples of what the government are providing us with, what kind of information uh, that is totally delusional and totally wrong, and that's the reason why I have such a hard time to, to respect when there comes out uh, information from those organizations that are telling us what is right and what is wrong. And common sense has left the room. So we really need to go and f- uh, the opposite direction. We shouldn't dance along the tail with the, with the food industry or the drug industry. We need to see what is the best for humans. How can we? increase the quality of life um, for everybody in in a big big sense so this is just like an uh, introduction of my thinking when it comes to health when it comes to what we can do in general in society of course it's different from one country to to another Um, i have the experience of how, how things are working here in sweden I lived in the US for five years. Uh, I have been a lot in a country like in Venezuela where, where my wife comes from, uh, which is right now a, a disaster, but that's a totally different story. And uh, the other Scandinavian countries, I know pretty well how things are working there. But what can we do? These are the things that are you know, pumping my mind a lot of, a lot of the, the time and, and trying to get more people to take responsibility of their own life to take charge, to be in charge of their own life quality, to make right choices and to, to live healthier and thereby be healthier longer in life with a happier and better life quality. So thanks for listening in for my first uh, real episode uh, in English. And I hope you like it. And this is like like I said, in general, my my uh, thinking of 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 health, uh, the overall health, and what we can do. I will come more in detail in the different areas in in uh, different episodes coming up uh, in the in the future. Uh, but I hope you enjoyed this one, and I uh, hope you will listen again. Thank you and goodbye.